We had our amazing kids week this summer, and we had a bunch of students and a bunch of young kids, and then a bunch of you guys there kind of helping us out with volunteering and helping make sure that that week went awesome. And one of my jobs as, uh, at Kids Week was to go and get volunteers a bunch of donuts. And so I went out and I got all kinds of donuts for you guys, and uh, we hid them. You guys remember, if you were there, you know you had to go to like a certain spot to hide to find the donuts because we hid them from all the kids. We didn't want the kids to devour them. And so this one day at the end, we had a bunch left over, and I brought them out, and I placed them on the table. And there was a couple kids left because their parents were helping out and getting things ready for the next day. And so this one little four-year-old kid named Baron was eyeing the donuts, man. He was circling the table, man. He was looking at what he wanted. And I'm kind of watching him from afar. And I eventually went over to him, and I was like, hey, Baron. And he's like, I don't want one of those big, yummy donuts. And I was like, Baron, do you want the donut? And he's like, yes, yes. Like he, he was right in on it. You know, it's funny how he had this whole vision for what he was about to eat and enjoy. And it isn't an interesting that he just kind of circled it, used a little reverse psychology when necessary, went ahead and got what he wanted. And I think here in our in our series here, what we're trying to do is really circle in on something. We're trying to circle in on a vision and say, you know, we really truly believe that God is up to some big things in 2020. We're, we believe that he wants to speak some words and some vision into our heart. We kind of want to circle that vision a bit. We want to make sure that we are aiming at something that's bigger than ourselves. And so, so far we've looked at a few words. The first word was bold. The next word was strong. Tonight we're going to talk about urgent, and then next week we're going to talk about love. And if you were here last week, you remember that uh, we kind of spoke a, a whole kind of phrase out that really is the heart of this series, and so I want you to go ahead and let me say it, and then you can say it with me, all right? And so the phrase is this, bold in asking, strong in the Lord, urgently shining, love is the glue. So would you guys go ahead and say that with me? Bold in asking, strong in the Lord, urgently shining, love is the glue. So the whole idea of bold and asking a few weeks ago, we really talked about this idea that, man, we want to make sure that we're bringing big requests to God, right? We want to make sure that we're going to Jesus and saying, oh God, I'm desperate for you in this way or that way. God, my marriage is in trouble or God, my dating relationships, man, we're just struggling. We can't communicate or we're doing some impure stuff. We don't know how to get out of this thing, God. Or God, the the whole idea of my family ever being uh, a joyful place to hang out and spend time with, man, I can't even imagine, God, that's going to take a miracle. God, the provision that I'm going to need for this or that, the school, the job, just all these big things in our lives that we would be bringing them to Jesus and saying, oh God, I am desperate for you. You have to show up here. Please, God. And you know what? We're not going to get everything we ask for, but we're going to get the things we know that God has on his heart for you and I, those things he wants to hand deliver to you and to me. Then last week we talked about the idea of being strong in the Lord, and I invited my man Dave over here who is a weightlifter to help me lift a bunch of weights I could not lift, right? And there was this weight that was too big for me, and I invited Dave into my weakness. I said, Dave, I need you here. i got to be close to you in this. I'll do some lifting with you, but I need you to truly lift this bar. And the idea was that we would be strong in the Lord in 2020, that we would not just be okay trying to either A, struggle and lift something we can't, or B, just decide I'll never lift that, I'm just leave it alone, right? But that no, when we draw near to God, his strength becomes our strength. And so I pray this past week you've been drawn near to Jesus. You've been saying, I need your strength. I invite you into my weakness. God, I'm too weak to overcome this. God, I'm too weak to ever follow through on what I promised you I do. I need you to give me the strength that I need. And so tonight I want to move on to this next idea of urgently shining. Urgently shining. The definition of urgent is requiring immediate action or attention. Now, it's funny because isn't it true that in a lot of the areas of our life, 
we kind of put off the things that are sometimes urgent, you know? Like some of us in the room, we've been putting off some stuff. Some of you guys, you, know, you kind of feel this nudge to go back to school and get a master's, and you've just been putting it off. And it's like, eh, it's probably really important, but I'll have time. I'll get to it, right? Some of you guys, man, it's just eating right, going to the gym, exercising. I'll get to it later in the year. I'll get to it next year. Uh, maybe it's just telling somebody that is in your life that you love them or you're proud of them, and you know how, man, that would give so, such life to them but you're putting it off for, for whatever reason. Or maybe it's something really important, like telling your pastor how handsome he is. I know you guys will get to it. That's okay. That's all right. I'm hanging in there, all right? But, but there are two things that I want to talk with you about today that I think we're putting off that are a huge deal. We've got to get urgent about two things, okay? And the first thing is making sure we're right with Jesus. Now, I have to be honest. When I started kind of thinking about this series a few months ago and began to put it together, I didn't think this was going to be a huge part of the message, I really thought the urgency part was going to be about reaching out to other people. But as I got into the scriptures and I began to look about at the verses that had to do with urgency, they all had to do first and foremost with us making sure we're in the right place, that we would uh, spend urgent attention on us being right with Jesus. So let me ask you a question. And this is a question when I was a kid. They used to tell you to go out onto the street and ask complete strangers, Okay. Now, this was a bad reason because the question is this. If you met Jesus today, would you be ready to meet him? Which most people figured you'd follow up taking a weapon out and ending their life, right? Horrible question to ask a stranger. But the deal is this. I know most of you, and, and I know maybe the person that invited you if I don't know you. So let me ask you this question. If you were to meet Jesus tonight, would you be ready to meet him? Are you ready? Okay? Now, that means a couple things. First off, it means... Have you put your trust in Jesus, right? Now, a lot of us in the room would say, yes, I put my trust in Jesus, so therefore I'm ready. And I would say, that's awesome. Praise God. That's amazing. But let me give you a follow-up question. Would you want him to find you as you are right now? You know what I mean? Like, yes, you're saved. Yes, you love him. And yes, he loves you. And you are going to heaven. Beautiful. But would you want him to find you as you are right now, okay? Or... Are there maybe some things in your lives that you and I need to say, oh God, I gotta be honest, there's some stuff I've been doing in the dark over here. That's a mess, God. And you've gotta rescue me. See, this is the beautiful thing is we go back to strong in the Lord, right? We don't just say, okay, I got some things in my life that are a real mess and I need help and I don't know how to do this, so God, just change me. No, 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 it's now, no God, I'm gonna day by day be strong in you. And as I'm strong in you, watch how you make this difference. And so I wanna talk to you and I tonight about being ready you might be not a follower of Jesus here. We're so thankful that you're here tonight. And you might be saying, but I don't know how to be ready. What do I have to do? Is there like, uh, give me the sheet where all the rules are, the, like the, the most important commands so I can keep them all and I can make sure that I'm in, right? No, that's not what it's about. We're going to talk tonight about how you can be ready, how you can go to sleep tonight, put your head on the pillow and say, if this was it for me or if Jesus is coming back, I'm ready to meet him. Now, the second thing I think we tend to put off, aside from being right with Jesus ourselves, is this, shining in a way that points other people to Jesus. Let me ask you a question. If your loved ones met Jesus tonight, would they be ready? Right? Now, listen, we can't ensure that they will be ready. Like, we cannot do that in their heart. But what we can ensure is that they've heard about him, that they've heard they need to be ready, right? 
that they've heard this good news. And so let me ask you, are your families and your neighbors and your, your coworkers and the people you go to school with, the people you hang out with at the gym, the people you go to concerts with and sporting events, the people you see all the time, are they ready to see Jesus? So a few months ago, I did a series called Bright Shining Lights, right? And we talked about how to share our faith. We talked about why it's so important. But tonight, I feel like I'm just supposed to put a bunch of exclamation points on that series, okay? If you text with me or you get, you're on our team and I send out emails to you or you're one of our team leaders, you know I'm like obsessed with exclamation points, right? You can nod if you know you're one of those people. You're like, this guy's got to chill a little bit, right? But I love exclamation points. And so tonight, I just want to put a few exclamation points on what we talked about a few months ago in that Bright Shining Light series and say this, let's get to it, Right? Like maybe we learned what to do a few months ago and we were inspired to know, wow, this is probably important. Now let's do this with urgency, okay? Now why? Why urgent? Why immediate attention required? Well, let's talk about it. Four reasons. First, Jesus is returning, guys. Like there's gonna be a day that Jesus is coming back and I don't want you to be afraid of that. Like if you're worried about that or you're nervous about that, I pray tonight you will find great comfort because if you know him, guys, that's going to be amazing, right? Like if Jesus comes back in our lifetime, it's going to be incredible to see our Savior in the face. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever felt like life was too hard? You ever felt like it was just too difficult, like it's too painful? Let me ask you this. Can I get personal? If you're a follower of Jesus... And we talk about being satisfied in God, right? We talk about having peace of God, right? Let me ask you something. Even though you might say, yes, I'm satisfied in God and I have the peace of God, wouldn't you agree that sometimes it almost feels like you're still missing a little something? Like you're longing for something greater still. Do you know why? You're longing for heaven. You weren't made for here and now. See, you were made for Jesus' return. You were made to know him and to enjoy a relationship with him. And so don't feel weird if sometimes when life's real hard, you go, man, I just can't handle this. I feel like I need something more. That's your heart longing for heaven. That's your heart longing for Jesus and eternity. That's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And when you're in heaven, man, it's going to be pain-free, temptation-free. It's going to be sickness-free. It's going to be uh, sin-free. Man, I can't wait for that moment. But you're only going to look forward to that if you're ready for it, right? And, and this idea that Jesus is returning reminds us we only have so much time to urgently shine. And so the first reason this is so important is because Jesus is returning. Secondly, The span of our life doesn't go on forever, right? Some of us might die before Jesus returns. And so there's going to come that day where, A, we face him and we need to be ready, but B, man, I pray that we have shined as bright as possible for the people in our lives here and now. And I'll tell you what, the day you and I pass will be the greatest day of our lives. My mom died seven years ago, and it was a horrible day for me, but it was the best day ever for her. She was laying in a hospice. She was 30, or 39, no, I'm sorry. She was 59 years old, and she was deteriorating. She couldn't speak. She couldn't eat. She was moaning in pain. It was horrible. And she went from that to healed and whole. No more cancer. She grew out her crazy, long, curly hair. She was singing in heaven. She was good to go like that, right? So our lives don't last forever, and we need to be ready. We need to make sure that the people in our lives 
know about him. Another reason is our relationships don't last forever. Like, let's take all the death out of it and the scary stuff. Like, the people you work with, you're not going to work with them forever. The people you go to school with, the people that live next to you, they're not going to be there forever. So there's an expiration date on our relationships so often, right? And so let's make sure we're shining for the people in our lives. Now let's pretend those first three things weren't even an issue. There's a fourth reason that you and I need to be urgently shining, and it's this. I want you to think about the fact that you woke up today, if you're a follower of Jesus, with peace. And you woke up in your heart today, there was an assurance that if you died, you would be with your Savior. Your sins are forgiven, right? I want you to think about all the people in your life that didn't wake up with that today, right? So so even if it wasn't about Jesus returning or the fact that we may die or that our relationships have an expiration date, This fourth idea that, man, our friends and loved ones are living without that peace and that satisfaction daily. And so there should be an urgency in us looking at these people saying, I mean, I love you enough to say, I want you to know Jesus sooner than later, right? I don't want you to go on another day without knowing him. And so we're going to dive into some stuff tonight. And, And really the driving force behind this, guys, is this, is that people spend their eternity in one of two places, right? There is a heaven. And there is a hell, right? The great theologian Bob Dylan said this. He said, it may be the devil or it may be the Lord, but you're going to have to serve somebody, right? Those were his famous song lyrics. You're going to have to serve somebody. You serve one of, one of two people and you end up in one of two places, right? So this is urgent. This is life or death. And I got to tell you, when you and I die, we don't just fall asleep. When you and I die, we don't get carried away uh, to heaven depending on one of 20 different pathways to God. Guys, there is one way to heaven, right? It's Jesus crucified, placed in the ground, and risen back from the dead. Are we we ready for that? Are we excited for that? Like, that's our one way to salvation. If you're not a follower of Jesus here tonight, there's no list for you to keep, right? Well, then how does this work? Here's how it works. We look at Jesus who died for us and he says, hey, here are some things in your life that, man, I'd love for you to do differently. A, they're killing you. And B, I would love for you to live this way because, man, it just pleases me when you live this way. Kind of like a parent, man. I like to see my kids do what I ask them to do, right? But, but let's add a layer to this. You see, suddenly instead of trying to please God because I'm afraid if I don't, I won't go to heaven, now I'm going, oh my gosh, Jesus, you saved me. This is the best news in the whole world. I want to know you, and I want to follow you, and I want to honor you with my life. If you walked out to your car tonight, and as you're walking, somebody's driving by, and and man, they speed up, and they didn't see you, and, and Joe, he just tackles you to the ground and saves your life, right? Every time you see Joe, you know what you're gonna do? You're gonna be like, Joe, how are you, man? Is there anything I can do? Can I get you something? Can I buy you something? What can I do? How are you, man? I just wanna make sure you're doing well. Is there anything that I could do for you? Is there anything in me? Oh man, is there something in me that's, that's hurting you? Is there something in me that you want me to do differently? Because man, I'll tell you what, you saved my life, I will do it, right? I'm not trying to earn Joe's love. I'm not trying to get saved by Joe. He already saved me, so now I'm responding to that with a life of love saying, wow, God, I want to do things your way, right? Isn't that incredible? That's the perspective here. Now here, here's the deal. We're talking about, you know, some heavy stuff here. Like, Doug, you came out a little bit intense tonight. I did, I know, I know, I know. But the scriptures are a little intense sometimes, right? And we got to talk about what God talks about, what's on his heart. And sometimes we need intense, right? And let me say this, though. If you're not a follower of Jesus, I want you to take a deep breath, okay? 
Because my goal tonight is not to scare you into a relationship with Jesus. A lot of preachers get up and they talk about hell and everybody's scared so they look to Jesus even though they don't really want to, okay? That's not my goal tonight. You see, my goal is not just to help you avoid death, it's to help you find life, okay? So I would rather talk with you, even though hell is a reality, about the invitation of love, right? You see, I don't like to talk about this and and I wish my daughter weren't here I tried to make her stay home tonight, but as I've told you in the past, my daughter, one day, she's going to want to date somebody. And uh, it is my job as a dad to protect her from the wrong decisions, right? To, to protect her from traveling down those wrong places, to, from the, 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 the guys who don't measure up, which obviously is all of them. And so... Um, <laughs> no, but here's the deal. And this is the part I wish she, she wouldn't hear tonight. You see, it's also my job not just to protect her from the, the relationships that will lead to death, but actually it's part of my job, I can't believe I'm saying this out loud, to, to lead her or, or help her find the relationship that will bring life, right? You see, I'm not just trying to protect her from, from death, I'm trying to help her find life. I couldn't have come up with a better illustration than that, seriously. I just said that out loud in front of my daughter, I can't believe I just said that. Okay. But in the same way, that's my heart tonight. It's not to scare you and, and say, oh, avoid death. I mean, I want you to avoid death, but, but I would rather you be drawn in by the love of the life giver, right, of Jesus. And so tonight, as we work through some kind of intense verses and, and this, this intense idea of like, wow, the end and Jesus and all this intense stuff that this chapter brings up, I just want it to, to lead us to a place of urgency. And if you don't know Jesus, I pray tonight you will think about looking to him. You'll think about taking a next step toward him. And if you do know Jesus, I pray that you'll look at your own life and say, man, is there anything just going on in the dark that I wouldn't want Jesus to return finding me doing? Listen, none of us are perfect. I'm not asking you to live perfectly. I'm asking you to live with urgency, right? And so what does that look like for you here today? So we're going to look at Matthew 24, 36. And Jesus is talking here. And he says this, but about that day or hour, no one knows. He's talking about when he'll return. He's having a conversation about the end and and when he's coming back. And so he says, about that day or hour, nobody knows, not even the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. Now, a lot of Christians forgot Jesus said this. And instead of urgently shining out in the world and making a difference, they locked themselves up in rooms with other Christians and argued about when Jesus was coming back. And they totally missed the point. And so Jesus here, I don't know if you know more about life and eternity and stuff like that than Jesus, but I don't. And so rather than trying to figure out the exact moment and day he's coming, what if we just live like he could come every day, right? And be ready for his return. I mean, churches have been split. Denominations have been formed all around this idea, which Jesus said nobody knew anyway. How silly. So what if we just instead begin to say, I want to make sure I'm ready and I want to make sure I'm urgently shining for the world around me. And then he says this, verse 37, he says, as it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. Okay, some of you guys are like, wait a minute, Noah, this is like, this is that flood guy, right? Like God flooded the whole earth. And like, like we don't really believe that, right? Like that was just some Old Testament silly tale, right? Like the whale and like some of the other stuff where the axe head floated. And like, we don't really believe that stuff, do we? Well, isn't it interesting that Jesus said this like it actually happened. Like he didn't say, oh, this great allegory of the Old Testament. No, he said, oh, in the days of Noah, it's kind of going to be like when I, when I return. Now, why would, we, why would we take this seriously, right? Well, I once heard a pastor say that 
If Jesus was publicly crucified, publicly put in a grave, and then publicly rose from the dead, then I'm going with whatever he said. You know? Like if he could pull that all off, I'm with him. Okay? So if he says there's a Noah, there's a Noah. All right? And if he said there was a flood, there was a flood. And he goes on and he says, For in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage up to the day Noah entered the ark. Now listen, there's nothing wrong with getting married and eating and drinking. What there is something wrong with is the fact that these people, all they were thinking about was eating and drinking and getting married. They weren't ready for what was coming, right? And so Jesus is, is trying to get the people to think about how urgent it was for these people to realize what was about to happen. Verse 39, and they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. There was a moment, a moment that they were not ready for, and this moment changed everything for them, right? They weren't prepared. When Kelly and I were 26 years old, we found out that my son Cade was on his way. He was coming home from Jersey. He had been away for the weekend. No, I'm kidding. He was, he was coming home. Kelly was pregnant, okay? And so we began to prepare. And so there was a nice, beautiful shower, and all of Kelly's family and friends came around, did girly stuff, and, and my dad made a really nice cradle. Like, he did manly stuff. He, like, literally just, like, whittled a cradle out of a tree or something. I don't even know. It was crazy, right? And then... We began to change the house around, and I had a drum room, friends. I had a drum room at one point in my life, and it was awesome. And I would go in this drum room, and I would play. I would just blast music, and I'd play for hours. And I had to take the drums out of my drum room because it was going to become Cade's room. And, you know, a, a drum set and a baby's room doesn't go too well together. Although, now he's got drums in his bedroom, which I think is totally not fair, right? I say we swap it back. That's not cool at all. But we got ready. One of our... Kelly and I, one of our stomachs began to grow. Um, I'm not going to tell you who it was. Uh, actually, I will. It was actually me. She was so sick for the nine months, she threw up multiple times every day. She actually weighed less when she gave birth than when she was, before she was pregnant. But then there was me, and uh, I was eating for three people. I had to do what I was doing here, you know? So it was Pop-Tarts and spicy nacho Doritos, and man, I'd send her out at midnight to get pickles and ice cream. It was awesome. It was such an amazing time in my life. But we got ready and eventually Cade came you know what Jesus is saying here is the people they 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 saw that something was going to happen and they had heard something was going to happen but they just never got ready they they kept on living every day like it was just a normal day and I guess that's the problem is when you and I just live every day like it's a normal day kind of like everybody else does Jesus is saying you know there should be this urgency in our hearts It goes on. This is how it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. Jesus is talking about himself when he uses that phrase, the Son of Man. That's a nickname for him. And so he's just saying, when I return, this is how it's going to be. And he goes on and explains in verse 40. Two men will be in the field. One will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding with a handmill. One will be taken and the other left. What does this all mean? Jesus just paints two pictures. In one scenario, the people were ready. In the other scenario, the people were we're not. And then verse 42, Jesus says this, therefore keep watch because you do not know on what day your Lord will return. You don't know when he'll come. So live with urgency. And followers of Jesus, here's the deal. This isn't just about you and me, right? Like you and I can't just say, okay, I'm ready because part of accomplishing the mission Jesus gave us was actually making sure others were ready too, right? 
So we can't just say, okay, I'm good with God, so now I'm just going to kind of live every day, and I'm going to eat, and I'm going to get married, and I'm going to, okay, you could do all that stuff. But man, you and I better have some urgency in our heart when it comes to shining out to the world. Look what it says in verse 43. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known at what time of night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch and would not have let his house be broken into. Jesus is using an illustration. He's saying, man, if the guy knew when the thief was showing up, he would have been home and ready, man. Remember a few months ago, back Christmas time, we, we looked at Home Alone, right? I don't think anybody's been more ready for thieves than Kevin McAllister, right? He was so ready for him. He was there, and there was nothing they could do, right? And here, Jesus is saying, man, you know, be ready like that, right? Be ready like that. Then he goes on, verse 44, so you also must be ready because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. So there's this urgency, right? There's this idea that, Man, Jesus could return at any moment. I could die at any moment. A relationship could change at any moment. And even if none of that was true, I still have friends and loved ones who don't know Jesus, who are living every moment without the assurance that they're in the hands of their Savior. Verse 45, Jesus uses another example. He says, Who then is the faithful and wise servant whom the master has put in charge of the servants in his household to give them their food at the proper time? It will be good For that servant whose master finds him doing so when he returns. Truly, I tell you, he'll put him in charge of all his possessions. What's he saying? Jesus is going, okay, here's my story. It's kind of like a master who who says to his servant, hey, go, go ahead and take care of these responsibilities and I'm leaving. And he says, wouldn't it be great if when the master comes back, the servant was doing what he's supposed to be doing? And in this story, you and I are the servant. Jesus is the master. And he says, okay, I'm going Now, here's what I want you to do. Do those things that I've left for you. Well, what's he left for us? Man, do you remember that before he left, he got his followers together and he said, guys, here's the deal. I'm really giving you one job. It's this. Tell everybody about me and get them ready for my coming, right? And that that job description hasn't changed, right? Nothing nothing new. There's there's not a, a new job description that we got. In fact, look what he says. Jesus says in Matthew 5, 16, he says, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. So this is you and I going to school this week, work this week, our gym, hanging out with our friends at the concert this week, going to the sporting event this week, going out shopping with some friends this week. This is us doing all that with some urgency in our heart that we want to stand out, that we want to stand apart, right? That we want to shine to these people who so badly need Jesus, that we want them to see our Savior and all that He is and all that He can do. And so this is You and I standing out, not looking like everybody else. This is us deciding, you know what? Not everybody's going to like this. In fact, I want to remind you of something that we really kind of highlighted in the Bright Shining Light series. It's this idea, not everybody's going to like that I'm a bright shining light. Remember we talked about that? Would you say that with me? Not everybody's going to like that I'm a bright shining light, right? Let's not forget that. That, no, they're not. They're they're not going to like that we're talking about Jesus. Not everybody won't, right? And so what that normally does for you and me is it makes us shrink back in fear. It makes us, or maybe not even fear, but just I don't want to be the weird Christian, right? I think we have to just get past that. And I don't think we should be weird weird Christians, but I think we should be the kind of people who bring the love and the light and the hope of Jesus into dark places and recognize that not everybody's going to like it. That doesn't mean we should stop. Like, can you imagine if if the disciples and the apostles in the scriptures stopped because some people didn't like that they were talking about Jesus, you and I wouldn't be here tonight, right? This message had to carry on. And so there's this idea of, no, we're going to still shine even when maybe some don't want to hear it. And I don't think we 
you know, antagonize people. I don't think we got to, like, you know, hit people over the head with the Bible. I just think we show the love of God. Like this verse says, Jesus says, let it shine. Shining's helpful. Shining's good. It's bright. It's, it's warm, right? And so we're bringing the light and the love of Jesus into different circumstances that he's led us to. And so here's my call for you and I tonight. Let's urgently shine in 2020. This year. Let's urgently shine. Let's not wait back. Let's not just kind of sort of do it. Let's not think we're going to get to it someday. But let's live every day like Jesus is coming back today. So what's this look like? Well, first off, let's be ready. Are you ready? Are you ready? If, if, if today were the day, are you ready? I mean, maybe some of us, were, we're just doing some dumb stuff, again, in the dark, you know? Maybe we're, we're sleeping around or we're gossiping or we're doing things that look like they're really spiritual and good, but we're doing them with the wrong motivation. And I just wonder if maybe this message, this, these words of Jesus will wake us up a little bit and say, wait, i got to knock that off because I've only got so much time, you know? I mean, for me, guys, like I'm 41. It feels like that I was a lot of your age, you know? It, it was so quick. And I want it to count. I want it to count for me. I want it to count for you. And so I just want to maybe ask the question, are, are we getting pulled along by culture into some things that we have no business getting pulled into? Are we believing some things that we, God isn't saying and has never said? Are, are we lining our hearts up with the Word of God? Remember, Joe tackled me and I got saved from getting hit by a car, so now I want to honor him with my life. Jesus tackled sin and, and death and, and hell for you and me, and now I want to honor him with my life, right? And so he gets to tell you and I what works. When I was in high school, there was a song that was really popular, and the lyrics went like this, if it makes you happy, it can't be that bad. And I just think we've all found out uh, that doesn't work, right? That, that doesn't work, because what if it makes you happy to beat a child? What if it makes you happy to abandon your family? What if it makes you happy to steal somebody's property, right? There's got to be an objective being that tells us what works and what doesn't. And who better than the creator, the one who designed all this and set it up to run the way he knows is best. And so can I just tell you something tonight? God gets to tell you who you are. Have you been listening to what the world says you are? No, God gets to tell you who you are. He gets to give you your identity. He gets to tell you what to aim your life at. And when you aim your life at it, you find life, right? Isn't that incredible? So are we doing anything in the dark that we wouldn't want Jesus to come back and find us doing? You may be strongly you know, saved and you're saying, no, I know God. I know that, man, if I saw Jesus tonight, he would welcome me into his presence. Great. Praise God for that. But man, there's probably some stuff in all our lives, me included, that we just need to bring to him and say, God, if I'm honest, there's an urgency that I should have that I just don't with dealing with this one thing. Right? And I'm not talking about the things we're even necessarily already bringing to him, you know? I'm talking about the things we're okay with. I'm talking about the things we're just kind of letting slide. There should be an urgency in our hearts to say, no, let's, let's, let's make sure. And, and hey, we're going to stumble in this, but let's make sure that we're at least aiming at honoring God in those areas of our life. And if you can't do it, then hey, great. Be strong in the Lord. Invite him into your weakness. Let him do the heavy lifting. And so that's where it starts. If you're not a follower of Jesus, do you know Jesus as your personal Savior? Like, do you know him? He, he, he gives this, this amazing offer. Now, here's the deal. I brought up some bad news tonight. Things like hell and, and separation from God. 
But do you know the whole story of Jesus? It has a name. Do you know what it's called? It's called the good news. The the good news, right? So like I said, I don't want to just protect you from death. I want to invite you to life. And so if you're here tonight and you're going, I don't know what would happen if I met Jesus. I don't know how to be saved. I don't know how to honor him with my life in that way. I don't know what it would look like to make sure that I know that I know that I know that, that I'm actually his. Well, I could tell you, it's putting your trust in Jesus. It's saying, God, I need you to be my savior. God, I'm asking you to forgive me for my sin because I went off into the dark. I did a whole bunch of stuff I shouldn't have done. Oh, Jesus, forgive me for that and show me what it means to follow you. God, you tackled death and hell for me. You pushed me out of the way and you took that for me. So now help me to live for you. So we need to be ready. We also need to urgently shine, right? Because we don't know when Jesus is coming back and we don't know when we might die. We don't know when the relationship might change and all of our friends are living without that daily peace. And so what it would look like, what would it look like for you and me to say, all right, 2020 is the year where we begin to urgently shine, where we get right with God. I had a friend in high school who would look you in the face and say, I, I know beyond the shadow of a doubt that God sent Jesus. Jesus died on the cross. He rose back from the dead, and he's the savior of mankind. But then he would say this, but I just don't want to do things his way right now. And I tell you what, man, this guy, he kept on causing himself more and more pain. He got himself in more and more trouble until eventually he got to the point where he just surrendered to God and said, okay, I'm going to do it your way. Man, what a difference. And I have to believe he looked back on much of his life and said, what was I doing all those years? Why did I put this off? And so, please, please, follower of Jesus, if you're not a follower of Jesus, leave here tonight right with him. Leave here tonight having surrendered the stuff that maybe you're doing in the dark. Leave here tonight surrendering all that you've done if you've never put your trust in him before. And if you're a follower of Jesus, man, it is time to urgently shine. We have so many around us that need this hope of God. As Joey mentioned in the prayer, unfortunately, Gabby Kava did pass away, and her dad Dave was with us a few months ago and just shared their faith and shared their hope in God. And they talked about this double hope. The first hope was that God would heal Gabby, but the second hope was that if he didn't, that she would be with Jesus. And I just think about that. And, and here was this poor 16-year-old girl who had had her body torn apart by cancer, who had most of her organs removed, in her, uh, and, and, and te- well, several of her organs moved, and, and much of her stomach and intestines. There's a lot going on in here. And um, she was just in such pain. And yet she lived a life of hope and faith in God. And her family does as well. And her mom told a story at the funeral on Friday night. And she had Gabby's suitcase up on the stage. And she said, you know, this suitcase, we packed this thing dozens of times over the last two years since she's been diagnosed to go all over the world to try to get her treated and healthy. And she said, here's what I know about my daughter. My daughter had her suitcase packed and she was ready to go meet Jesus. She was ready. She was looking forward to seeing Jesus face to face. I just pray tonight, if you're afraid of that, if you're afraid of that moment, whether it's him returning or you going, that man, turn, that, that fear would turn into an excitement and a joy that, man, what you're going through right here and right now is so broken into, in comparison to what that will be. The scripture says that all the pain and suffering we feel right now, one day we're going to look at it as light and momentary in comparison to heaven and eternity with Jesus. 
And you can leave here tonight ready for that. There's an invitation of love, the good news. So followers of Jesus, be ready. Followers of Jesus, shine brightly. If you're not a follower of Jesus, I'm going to give you a chance to put your trust in him in just a minute. But let's close with our saying one more time. Let's get it deep in our hearts. I'll say it, then you say it. Bold in asking, strong in the Lord, urgently shining. Love is the glue. Let's say it together. Bold in asking, strong in the Lord, urgently shining. Love is the glue. Let's urgently shine in 2020. Let's pray together. So God, we just give you praise for your desire to have a bunch of people here tonight who are right with you. Not a bunch of people who are perfect, but a bunch of people who are ready. A bunch of people who are saying, Jesus, if you came today, I'd be ready. Jesus, if you, if you took me home, I'd be ready. And God, you also invite us to be a bunch of people who are pointing others to you so that they're ready. If you're a follower of Jesus, can I ask you to do something right now? Can you take 30 seconds and can you bring to Jesus any part of your life that's not ready? Like you're his, you're forgiven, you know him, you love him, but you know there's some stuff you just wouldn't want him to come back finding you doing. Would you bring that to him right now? Would you invite him into your weakness and ask him for strength? If you're a follower of Jesus, I I now want you to take another 30 seconds and I want you just to pray that God will help you shine with urgency. Maybe you need to ask for boldness, opportunities, but just ask him to help you be that bright, shining light. if you're not a follower of Jesus today and you want to respond to the good news, you want to respond to life that Jesus offers you, then I'd love for you to pray with me now. You can just quietly say something like this. Jesus, thank you for dying for me, for rising back from the dead, for showing me how good you are, for showing me that your way is the best way. And Jesus, I ask you to forgive me of all that I've done, And I pray you'll help me now to live my life to honor you. Show me what that looks like. And I thank you for this amazing gift. Before we sing together tonight to close our service, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, I would love for you to just glance up here real quick so I could be praying for you this week. Did anybody do that tonight? I just want to make sure I'm praying for you. Awesome. Anybody else tonight say, yeah, I put my trust in Jesus. Anybody over here on this side? God, we thank you, God. You're a good God. You've done great things. Thank you for all those today that have put their trust in you, Jesus. Keep them close to you. And God, help us to live and brightly shine. God, that there'd be this urgency in us this year, God. Oh, Lord, help us to urgently shine in 2020.